What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And if this is your first time here, welcome. I'm so grateful for your support. I'm so grateful for your presence. And in case you weren't aware, Thrive is an acronym that stands for Thoughts, Habits, Relationships, Intention, Vitality, and Embodiment. And this is an acronym that I created to really create a framework to teach you the things that we never learned in school. And my intention with this podcast is to bring on world-renowned guests to break down their success, their breakthroughs, their obstacles that they've overcome to create massive amounts of success, health, and wealth in their life. So I'm so grateful that you're here. And now let's get to today's episode. But before we start with today's episode, I wanted to make an announcement that I'm so excited about. I just launched my Magic of Microdosing free course. This free course has over 10 videos where I really break down the neuroscience of microdosing and talk about how this medicine can potentially lead to massive transformation and healing in your life. So if you've been curious about implementing this medicine, this is a great resource for you to tap into. And again, it's 100% free. So make sure to visit the website magicofmicrodosing.com or just hit the link in the show notes below. Much love, y'all. What is up, Thrive Tribe? It's Coach Jeremy here. And I just wanted to introduce the podcast that you're about to watch with my dad, Scott Abramson. This was honestly one of the most special moments for me um, to have this conversation with my dad. It was so open, so vulnerable. We talked about things we've never talked about I shed a lot of tears as I'm going through a very challenging time in my life. And I don't want to just share with you all the good, cool things, all the highlight reels. I want to be honest. I want to be real with you. And this conversation, we got so real, so raw. And I hope you enjoy. And I hope that it inspires you to deepen your connection with your father, with your mother, with your siblings, with your loved ones. And without further ado, here's the podcast of my dad, Scott Abramson. Honestly, uh, my intention for this conversation is um, just to be able to like be honest and open and speak from the heart, um, you know, we don't get 365 days together. So I thought it'd be nice like your last day here. I know I haven't been at my best this trip and like, you know, just having a conversation that maybe we would have already, but like have Pamela capture it and hopefully, you know, maybe inspire, um, inspire people along the way. And um, yeah, that's kind of my intention. Okay. All right. So, uh, I know my mom just asked me, she said, you're going on a podcast with Jeremy. I said, yeah. She said, what are you going to talk about? I said, I don't know. I guess, I guess me <laughs> and, and our life together. And mom said, just lie. So whatever, 
whatever happens. That's that's horrible advice. Um, no, honestly, man, there's no scripts. There's no, no, no. agenda. It's really just, yeah, man. Okay. Like I told you, you know, earlier. Um, you know, for me, I feel like people perceive have their certain perceptions of me. Yeah, you know, like very happy, energized. You know, healthy, fit, successful, like all these different words that, you know, they might associate me with, right? And, you know, not everyone has seen the other sides, the other parts of me that are a little more messy. And for me, like, it's very important. I feel like as I continue stepping into my role as a leader, I want to be able to share those parts of myself and in that process just let everyone know that I'm human you're human we're all just doing the best we can to navigate and man like quite frankly like these last three days yeah have been have been so hard because like you know I told you what happened with yeah the retreat and then you know I knew you guys were coming in and I was like it's like trying to do my best to get my mind right and just be present with you guys. And it's been so hard, man. It's been so hard. Uh, it's been so hard to just navigate all the emotions I have. And, yeah. and I know you guys are doing the best you can to hold space for me. And it's, it's just been tough, man. It's been tough. And um, yeah. I'm grateful you guys are here and I'm sorry that, you know, we weren't able to have like the typical types of days that we normally have together. You know what, Jeremy, I'll tell you what, these, these days as you know, as low as things have been for you and as bad as things have been for you have been, have been wonderful days because, you know, there've been days, those are, in these times, you know, this is where we feel valued as parents, that, that you know, that you need us, that, you know, that, that being a parent, I think, I don't know, Dr. Phil said there's something that being a parent is having a soft place to fall. And, you know, uh, that's, and as parents, that, that feels good to us, that you are able to come to us and, you know, express the pain that you have and we're able to be there for you 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 um one of these days when you're a parent you'll probably realize how how beautiful a feeling that is to be able to be there for your for your for your kids you know no matter how old you are you know you're still our kid you know <laughs> it's uh yeah. yeah one of the one of the things like that came up to this last this last month, you know, um, this last month, uh, you know, like this, this whole, this whole, you know, I was in a relationship yeah. and, um, that ended in like February and I, I knew like, you know, I knew somewhat early on, I was like, you know, I, I like this person, you know, I care about this person, but like not in that way that I see myself spending my life with this person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And this last month, connecting with this person um, that I was spending time with, you know, 
it really actually grounded me and like it 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 helped me actually cultivate clarity in the fact that like actually you know being being a committed husband and a committed father is like like part of my purpose like not just part of my path but part of my purpose like you know i i look at how many people in the world like don't have good male role models to look at and for me like that's always something i've tried to embody is like i want someone to have you know someone that hopefully inspires them to do the right thing and live a healthy life and you know chase their dreams and um if it became very clear that like wow not only that but like how beautiful is it that you know, just like I share so much of my content on health and microdosing and all these things, like I actually get to share my life, like my experience of like being a husband and showing up as a father. And like that really got me so excited, mm. you know, and that's uh, that's, you know, <laughs> I tell you, that's great that you're excited about about being there in that space. I mean, to be a husband and a father, because. Honestly, um, when I contemplated being a husband and father, I was scared shitless. Um, it, it was really, it was a real scary proposition to, you know, make this commitment and so forth. And thank God, thank you God. You can look at me too. You know, I know okay. the camera's there. You can okay. go back and forth. Okay. But, but thank God, you know, um, you know, mom gave, gave me several opportunities and, uh, you know, didn't, you know, I'm playing my games of trying to, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's not you, it's me, <laughs> you know, the old Seinfeld thing, but mom stuck in there with me and thank God, thank God she did because that is where I think that is where the, I, I know for me that that is where the real growth takes place in being a human being is being a husband or spouse and being a, and being a parent and being mm -hmm. a father um, so you somehow, especially even to, I think it's even, you know, it's even to, to boys, to, to father, you know, boys is, is even, uh, something else. I think it's special. Well, you were, you guys were like roughly 37 when you had Jonathan, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. like how much sooner than that did mom want to start having kids because 37 is pretty yeah. late as well for a woman yeah um yeah. yeah so like what was that conversation like for you guys yeah you know i i mean here's the th here's here's the thing i was perfectly content you can look at me yeah so. yeah okay back and forth yeah so jeremy back let me tell you so i was perfectly content for just mom and me to be a couple. You know, mom was very nurturing, nurturing to me. It was a wonderful feeling. And I thought, you know, there was one thought in me that, hey, this is this is good. I could live with this. And my God, we bring another somebody else into this equation and they're going to take that some part of that nurturing away. You know, that's a, this is I think I don't know, you know, some people have that feeling. I know it affected me. So it was it was more of a struggle for me. I think mom just 
naturally wanted kids. That's how she saw, you know, her purpose in life is to nurture a child or children. So it's it's kind of it's it's kind of complicated, and I was scared. I was scared. I didn't know if I could be a role model. I didn't know if I could be a uh, a good father, and that is, and that's kind of the one of the things I'm so thankful for, and and so thankful for my life that I learned, you know, some lessons about that, yeah. and um, I'm so glad that. You know, I, I had mom to, to push me kind of into marriage and, and sort of nudge me into fatherhood. Um, and sometimes men need that, you know, push. Hmm. How, how long was it after you had Jonathan where you were like, okay, like this isn't so bad. Like, yeah, like, yeah, obviously I'm sure parenting a newborn, being a doctor, like comes with its challenges and everything. Yeah. And there's a lot of newness, but like, yeah. was there a point where you realized like, oh wow, like I actually like this. Yeah, I think from, I think the, you know, from the moment he was born, I really do. I think from the moment thing he was born, things things changed, but for all, but Jeremy, I gotta tell you, and this is something that I, you know, we've never talked about before. I, you've never asked me this before. And so um, I'm just, I'm gonna tell you, it's, I'm not, particularly proud of what I'm going to tell you, but for people out there listening, marriage and having children does have its challenges. And, you know, and, and as I mentioned to you, you know, there's this, there was this tension, like, boy, mom was is such a nurturing person. And I, as, as her, as her husband, she nurtured me, I, you know, and I, I was the center of her attention. And now we have this little, you know, thing of protoplasm coming along and taking a lot of her attention. And, you know, that for me, that was kind of a struggle in a way. And, you know, because especially when when a child is very young, I mean, that took up like 90% of mom's attention. And, and, um, and, and, and some of, and, and it, and it caused us a little bit of a strain in the marriage. And I think in a lot of marriages, this can having a child can cause uh, can cause a strain like that, especially uh, uh, the husband. The, the the man is sort of whereas once he was the he was the prime guy, he was there. Then there's a child, and the wife moves off into that direction, and sometimes he feels abandoned, mm-hmm. and that's that's an emotion that uh, I know I I felt at times. And marriage is is not easy, and having children's marriage. You know, there's a there's a great statement. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. Let's see who said it, but he says, "Children, children are God's practical joke on human beings, because that which is created in passion then proceeds to destroy it. That which is created in passion then proceeds to destroy it." Mm-mm. And I can. And if anybody who out there who is married and has a ch- child or children and disagrees with that statement, please, you know, email Jeremy or, or message him because I want to I want to meet that person. Mm. I really do. Mm. But so what is that? What is the whole the birth out of passion? And then what's the second part? 
Well, it, it's it's that is that which is created with passion. So you see, it, it's the practical. Children are God's practical joke. So that which is created with passion, children which are created with passion, then proceed to destroy it. Because mm-hmm. once you have children, destroy you know you're you, the parents. Not not destroy the parents, but dis- destroy the. The right passion, the, you know, not oh, the passion, God. not the passion, but the, but you know, there's diapers to change, you know, there's things. Pamela's shaking her head. She knows. I don't, you know, she don't know it, but I, you know, but it's those people out there, I think, know what I'm talking about. Who who are who have children? What was the um? Oh man! See, see, you, see, you didn't get that. You didn't no, get it to, because, I, I, because, I, I, because, see, you're not, you're not a parent. But that the people that are parents, they got it. Well, I want. I, <laughs> I had explained it to you. <laughs> I want this. I want this conversation to be filled with fun, light, and just like realistically, I'm doing my best to kind of like be open to that space because that's normally where i operate from yeah and i also want to just write like respect my current present moment um so so you start to have this experience with john um i'm curious actually i'm curious i don't know if you've ever thought about this so you said you were very when when having a child like it was a little daunting because you were worried that some of mom's attention towards you would drift towards the baby. Correct? Just follow me along yeah, for a second. Okay, okay. Okay. Now I'm curious if any of that is related to your childhood. And like the fact that you had an adopted sister who was a pretty malicious person and required a lot of your parents' attention and that must have been really fucking hard. And I'm just curious, like, if you've ever tied those two together. And now, like, as I say that to you in the present moment, like, how does that resonate and land for you? Um, actually, Jeremy, um, it, it, it doesn't exactly tie together. It, it was a different dynamic then. My sister w- was older than me, and honestly... I lived, I lived in fear of her. Uh, she had this, you know, a very sarcastic, quick tongue. She could just, you know, put me down, you know, in a, in a moment, and I wouldn't know what to say. So it was a different dynamic. And, um, and actually, and, and um, this, this doesn't really, I don't think it addresses the exact question, but my mother was a was a really strong woman, um, but um, she wasn't she wasn't the kissy, huggy type and pinch your cheeks and all that. She wasn't that. It was more like you know, you know, um, here's what you need to do, Scott. Here are the things. Here's how you can do this and do that. And and I I, I mean I know she loved me and I love my mother. I respect her greatly, but it wasn't you know, it, she wasn't kind of that huggy, kissy type. Did your parents ever tell you "I love you" when no, they, you were they did. No, they didn't. They didn't use those. We didn't use those words. But it wasn't like this, the home lacked love. It was. It was. They, it just wasn't language that we used. No. No. no you know, we 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 uh, we didn't we didn't talk like that. Yeah. Well, no. one of the things, man, that's pretty pretty remarkable, I would say, is like. <clears throat> 
You know, I know you're super humble and you don't really like to sometimes give yourself credit, but like, man, we've both had our own uh, experiences with our siblings. Yeah. Um, that have in ways been traumatizing and different things like that. Um, but like just the way that I feel like maybe I'm projecting this. You can tell me if I'm accurate, but like, I feel like you really did an amazing job of like releasing resentment and actually practice, practicing forgiveness, both like, I don't know if that was directly towards your sister, but like towards, there must've been like a little bit of resentment towards your parents at that time when you saw them like give so much attention to her and she was like this malicious person. I would imagine like that had to be something. You know, you know, Jeremy. Uh, you know, it's uh, you bring that up, and it and it and it and it really, and it rings true. It, it wasn't. I think that that as I think back on it, as I think back on it, I I say to myself, you know, maybe my own parents could have done a little bit better job of protecting me. Mm as as the younger sibling but it but it was a it was a, it was a difficult dynamic my sister you know was adopted and you know and this is this is a very common thing i mean so many people have have will tell you the same story you know a, a, a woman has trouble getting pregnant and they finally they adopt they adopt a child and they kind of say you know that's just the way it is we, we don't have to and then boom you know, within a few years, they get pregnant naturally. And that's what happened to my mother. That's what happened to my mother. God, the thunder's coming just when my the, mother got pregnant. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. But uh, That was wild. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think I, 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 now, now when I think back and try to analyze things, I mean, and, and believe me, my, my parents were wonderful people. I have great respect for them, great love. And you know how much I've talked about my mm. parents and how much I love them. Um but uh, uh, but you know we're not but we're not perfect as parents and I we and and mom and I certainly I am not not I'm not the perfect parent. I, there are things that I wish I would have done that I didn't do. Mm. Um, Talk and, more about that. What's something like as a parent yourself? You know, maybe one thing that comes to mind right away that you wish you would have done differently. Well, and. You know, just get, just, just, I will, I will get back there, but just, just getting back is that, um, so, I, so really, I, I, so you talked about forgiveness. So knowing that, that, you know, there was, things were difficult for me in childhood in that way because of my sister growing up. I mean, it was, it was every day was, I was in fear and mm. the feeling that my, maybe my parents could have done, but knowing that, you know, sort of try understanding who they were. I, I can understand that. I don't, and, and believe me, I, I, I don't know if it's forgiveness, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to use the word forgiveness because I don't feel like they, they were such wonderful people and role models and they taught me so much and encouraged, inspired me so much. But yeah, no, there's plenty of things, Jeremy, that for you and Jonathan, so many things. What's that, like the, the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is that you wish you would have done different. Yeah, I, I honestly, you may not agree with this, but I, I think that 
that uh, I, I could have exercised more discipline, more discipline. I think that I let you get, yeah, let you get away with That's stuff. That's very interesting. I knew I knew you were going to say that. I knew I knew yeah. I knew you weren't going to resonate with that. But uh, I, That's really the first thing that comes to mind. Yep. Yep. Wow. I was not expecting that. Yep. So yeah, you know, for those who don't know, um <laughs> man, uh my dad, uh I would definitely say implemented a lot of discipline as a child in a very nonviolent way um, for those yeah. who were getting concerned that you were beating me with a belt. Yeah. Um, he wasn't Sometimes I felt like it, believe me. Sometimes we felt no, like it. No, man, but like, yeah. honestly, I mean, and I tell this story sometimes, like I remember, you know, being in elementary school and you literally talking to all of my teachers before the school year starting pretty much and being like, hey, if Jeremy's ever goofing around or causing any issues, like here's my, here's my pager number, you know, <laughs> make sure to let me know. Yeah. And when that would happen, you would make me write hundreds of sentences. You know, I will respect this teacher. I will not talk in class, et cetera. Yeah, and, right. and even like, yeah. I mean, just on all of our trips, when we would ever take any family trips, yeah. like, my, my dad would literally make me do like two hours of work while we, every single day, like math problems, writing, like English, like, like it felt like harder than my actual <laughs> school, you know? And, and that's why it's kind of crazy. And then if you got it right, I give you a back, back yeah. a baseball card. It was or something. Yeah. I actually, I think I, I might be wrong, but I remember, I think I was probably like, 10 or 11 and we were at piazza's grocery store and i had this thing when i was younger i like to go to the little like candy aisle in the grocery store where you like weigh it out in a bag and i would just like take a couple samples of like gummy worms and sour patch kids and gumballs you know and one time yeah i'm pretty sure yeah. you called the police yeah, I think I did. I think I did. You, you yeah, called the police. Yeah, no, something. I told that. Yeah, I told the, I told the manager to call the police <laughs> because uh, you know, I, to give to to tell you not to steal, you know, to, to give you this fear of God. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I remember just being I'm a little kid and I see a freak at like <laughs> cop I'm like it was just a couple gummy worms. <laughs> like I swear. <laughs> Yeah, it was just a couple of governors. 30 days and no bread and water or something. Yeah, but it, no. it's it's interesting, actually, like, yeah. you know, um, that I, I really, when I look back, like, and I tell people this as well, you know, one of the things I'm super, super grateful for, you know, of course, you made some potential mistakes. Maybe there's things you could have done differently, of course, like, we're all just doing the best we can with the tools we have, you know? Yeah. One of the things that... I, I was just going to... That's what I was just going to ask you. You know, I was going to ask you, you know, how could... What do you think were my failings as a parent? Yeah. I was just going to... So... So... Um, good. Um, you can get some micro too, Pamela. Um, so before I go to your shortcomings as... <laughs> As a parent, I'll actually focus on on really the two things that I think you did so well that helped set me up for the rest of my life. 
And the first one is you just didn't feed shit to me on a silver spoon. Like, you know, even when you started to accumulate some money from being a doctor, like, I honestly had no idea. Like, we would shop at Ross and TJ Maxx for clothes. You know, like, we had such, we had such a humble lifestyle. You know, we never stayed at fancy hotels when we traveled. Like, we were so simple. Like, we didn't have fancy cars. We had a minivan. We had a Mazda MPV, a Honda CRV. Like, yeah. everything was so simple. Yeah. And that really just demonstrated to me, like, you know, the material things don't fucking matter. And as I've gotten older, especially, like, living in a city like Miami, I see so many people fall into the trap of, like, buying the new watch, buying the nicest clothes, like having this car, having a place to live in that they can't even afford. And I'm grateful that I never fell into any of those. Yeah. But, well, you know, and, and I, think a big, I think a big reason is, is because like you, you really did instill that humility, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, really what we remember what we used to do, like, like, like every, every weekend, um, what we would do is that I wasn't working you know, is that too much sound, by the way? It's fine. Is it okay? You tell me. Sorry, y'all. We got some rain coming. You know, it's it's hard to push down. Did you get it to push down? Yeah. Okay. We don't okay. Have to wow. Worry about. Okay. It's coming down. Oh wow. Okay. Wow, it's cozy. Okay. Sorry, weather weather delay here in the hotel room. We're in Miami Beach, and it just started. Does that go on the podcast? All pouring that? down. All rain. that stuff goes on. We can okay. take it out, but it's like okay. thirty I seconds. You would, uh, okay. No, so so you know, and and so Jeremy, remember what we used to do on a weekend? We would, uh, you know, nanny would come over. That's that's uh, Jeremy's grandmother. Uh, she would come over for the weekend, and you and mom and me and Jonathan. We would go to uh, we go to a park and we you and and uh, nanny and mom would take a walk and we'd play basketball or baseball in the park or and then the big treat afterwards we'd stop at Carl Jr.'s right for the curly fries and the and the hamburger <laughs> and uh, that was and that was a great uh, that was a great weekend that was that was all wow, wow. well that reminds me um, that reminds me. Uh, and this, we're getting a delay here, so there's we're not getting back to the bad parenting. So no, we'll just keep this, this gonna, going. We'll this just is, keep this, this going. going to get to the bad this parenting. Was gonna, this was gonna. <laughs> the, 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 this was a segue, and unfortunately, like again, like I said, we're all just doing the best we can with the tools we have, right? Yeah. So when I look at my nutrition, yeah, as a kid, uh huh, <laughs> like when I look at my nutrition yeah. as a kid. All right. Uh, margarine. Yeah. Gushers. Yeah. Cereal. Yeah. Just hot pockets, bagel bites. Yeah. Frozen TV dinners. <laughs> Carl's Jr. Yeah. Chili's was like a treat. I yeah. remember when Chili's, we went to Chili's, 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 any better knowledge at that time. Like there was less information 20 years ago about that stuff, right? And like, you guys didn't know better. And it also speaks to how incredible the human body is. Like, look <laughs> at me now, right? Like, look at me now, like, yeah. And, and obviously I know mom just always 
has the best for me and like you guys too. So like you never would have knowingly poisoned me with shitty food. Yeah. But like that's one thing. Yeah. Um by the me, way, by the way, that's and that's so true. Like like I remember when you were first starting getting into this, you you came home a couple couple of times and visited and you and you'd look at me and I'd go, You poisoned me. <laughs> you guys poisoned me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But what was it? But your favorite place was Red Robin, man. We used to have those fries, the endless fries, man. Yeah. That was that was great. So 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 <laughs> is me, there a Red me, Robin here we me, could take me, you to tonight? Or? Let me let me get closer to the question. Right. So I want to share one more before we get into the negative or the areas of improvement. Yeah, I want to get into one more thing that I think one more value that you instilled in me that. One thing is humility, 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 humility. And what I mean by that is like, man, I just remember the occasional time when I would go to the office with you, you know, whether it was like before an A's game or, you know, after work or on the weekend when you were on call. And, you know, I always remember, man, you would see the janitor cleaning the bathroom and you would call him by his name and you would start a conversation with him and ask him how his family's doing. And you would do that with every single person that worked in your office. And for me, for me, like when I look back at that, like clearly I haven't forgotten. It really just taught me the value of treating every single human being with respect and like really it doesn't matter if you're a doctor, it doesn't matter if you're a high level performer or like you have this level of success, mm-hmm. everyone deserves that level of love and respect. And for me, like, I'd like to think I've done a pretty good job of operating my life like that. Obviously I'm just a human and I have my shortcomings, but like, yeah, honestly, man, like, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Cause that was super impactful. You know, Super and I'll tell you, Jeremy, and you know, Jeremy, you mentioned the janitor. I worked at Kaiser Permanente. It's a med- big medical organization in California and other places. And I worked there for 40 years as a neurologist frontline. And Jeremy, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Kim Nguyen. Kim Nguyen uh, was the janitor there. And he actually was one of my best friends. And all those years, we had great conversations. And he was such an amazing person. He was he was one of these boat people that came from Vietnam when he was nine years old. Imagine this. He's nine years old and the communists had taken over and his mother didn't want him to, to grow up in, the, in this tyranny of the communism. And she put she, she knew that she, these pirates were leaving on a boat. She put her son, nine years old, on a boat, waved goodbye to him. He waved goodbye to her. And that was the last time he saw her. He was on this boat for over a year, the pirate boat. The, it was uh, people were raped and beaten. He wound up in uh, Italy. It was a not displaced person for a year. And finally, he made his way to America. And even though he works as a janitor, this guy has the best work. He's there an hour before he needs to be. He never takes a break, never takes a sick leave. And he, I mean, just this. So his story was so inspiring to me. And it just goes to show, I mean, people, whatever walk of life they're in, whatever they may look like, have have amazing stories. And if you mm. and if you talk to them and find out, you know, it doesn't matter what their job description is. It's 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 about the individual. 
And mm-hmm. he's an amazing. And today, today the guy is he, he even though he works as a janitor, he saved his he and his wife. She works as a nail file thing, and and they saved every penny. Bought a house. They paid off the house. Bought another house, and this is in the Bay Area. They rent out the house. I think now he has three or four houses. He's a millionaire. Mm. Um, but that that's you know, people are. Well, let me let me ask you something, man. Yeah. Let me let me tell you. So I gave you some compliments. I yes. gave you some roses. Yes, you want the thorns man. now. Not man. In, you... Honestly, though, honestly, like deeply, deeply, like I hope you feel my heart when I say this, man. Like I'm so, so, so beyond grateful that somehow God chose you to be my dad, and like. And Jeremy, I, I, I feel so humbled by that. I really do. Um, because I couldn't have asked to be more proud of you. Yeah. And uh, mm. it's not just, you know, the, the success that you've had in, in these courses and the retreats and all the things that you've done. But I'm just so proud of the person, the person that you are and how you treat people. Mm. And, you know, and, you know, all this stuff that you do and the, you know, with micro, all that stuff could dry up tomorrow or whatever. And, you know, and you could be, you know, whatever, out of a job or whatever. But I would still be so proud of you Mm. for who you are, who you are. Mm. Mm. Thank you. um, Wow. That's going to really be hard to give you some thorns at this moment yeah. well well i remember you know this is all not, this is all not roses and stuff because let me tell you jeremy you, you know you were you know you you were you were a tough kid uh um, yeah, tell, tell me a little bit i'll tell, tell you a little tell, bit tell you know, a little bit well i didn't even how was i as i child like a child like what were some of the biggest oh, challenges man you know like don't hold back by the way yeah yeah well um <laughs> I remember uh, one time, you know, you told me, you know, I told you about the, you know, the teachers. And uh, I, I did get called by one teacher uh, once that uh, Jeremy had misbehaved in class. <laughs> and what he was doing, you know, the thing with the arm farts. and Oh, and, uh, <laughs> yo, don't yeah. even give, yo, yo, let me give you all, a, let me give you all a, a little sample of this. Pablo, you might want to film this. Okay. You might want to film this. Uh, so I would get in trouble. I would get in trouble for, sorry, start over. I, I don't, I, I interrupted you. Oh, okay. Well, you're saying, so one of the teachers called me and you got in trouble because you were performing arm farts in the class. Yo, all right. For those who don't know what arm farts are, I'm going to give you an example right now. Because I'm, I still got it. Like, <laughs> like 25 years later, I still got it. Let's this. see this. Yo, check it out. <laughs> Wait. I can do them fast or I can do like wet. Oh. So yeah, sometimes, you know, like sometimes things get too serious in class and I'm like, I don't want people to laugh. Like this shit ain't that serious. You know, like I had that class clown energy. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, no, that was, but you know, um, you were, uh, but you were always, Here's the thing is, and you know this, Jeremy, Jeremy from, from the youngest age was always competitive. I mean, with, with everybody, but especially with me. And so like, 
we would we would go out and play play backyard basketball, one of those children's hoops. And he, I mean, if he didn't beat me, I mean, if he lost to me, he was angry. He was he he was in a bad mood. He was pouting, and man, and then when he got bigger and you know could beat me in basketball, I think by the time he was about eleven, um, man, I mean, he didn't let up. I mean, he would just keep pounding away. I mean, usually a lot of times kids will say, "Ah, oh, I give dad a break," you know, make him feel good. You never did that. No, never, never did that. No, nah, because you talk shit. <laughs> you still talk. You okay. talk smack, so I got to humble you. Okay, so one, here's so here's the other thing. Now, you know, when kids get to be teenagers, um, you know, they get, they get more rebellious and everything. And actually, it's only later that you told me about all this stuff that came from school, that these letters and report cards came from school, that uh, these things, and you would sign my name, and you got really good at forging my name. Yeah. I, but I just found that out like about two or three years ago. So who knows what happened there? I'm glad I glad I didn't know. Um, I still can forge it. Yeah, I know. It's the social security checks. I got to watch those things. But uh, didn't you tell me once? Didn't you tell me once? Uh, you said, "Dad, you better be nice to me because I'm going to choose your assisted living facility." No, I didn't say that. Now, maybe that was no. Jonathan. Somebody, yeah, maybe somebody that said was that. Oh, but no, no, no. So got I got. Let me. I'm, wait a minute. I'm gonna roll here. I'm on All roll. right. Okay. So when you were, I was talking about your rebelliousness, and and it was, you know, you went through that teenage thing where you know your parents are are idiots and all that, and uh, I remember one night we, uh, one night I don't know what happened, but we had it out, and I remember mom and I sitting on the sofa in the living room, and you standing right over there, and you were just laying into us, and I and I remember these words you were saying, um, you know. Oh, oh, yeah, you'll point out. It says, I can't believe you two are my parents. I can't believe that, 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 I, that you are my parents. Please, please tell me I was adopted. <laughs> How old was I when I did that? You were, about, you were about 17. No way. Yes, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even remember that. I remember but, that. But, um, man, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I still haven't really told you the the... I don't, I don't even know if it's necessary for this podcast. I feel like we have such like good, positive vibes between us, and like yeah, we can forget all the we can forget all that. Forget stuff. The, they don't need to hear that. <laughs> yeah, like for for I'll, how about this? I'll reframe it. Okay. I'll reframe it into yeah. like something that I know, like as a dad, I'm going to infuse uh, with my kids. Okay, that's good. Yeah, Got it. that's right? better. That's better. So for me, man, I feel like. Especially now, obviously, yeah. you know, times have times have changed. Technology's transformed the world in unimaginable ways. Yeah. When I think about just what I really want to provide for for my kids. Yeah. Number one, number one, like I always want them to feel like seen and heard. Yeah. So like I always want to treat them like not as an adult. But like, I want them to know that their voice matters, like their thoughts matter, their opinion matters. Like I want them to understand things, like like understand things. So if we're doing something or if I'm doing something or like there is discipline involved, like really understanding that they understand it. Like, yeah. hey, this is why yeah. this consequence is taking place. Yeah. And here is how we can grow and evolve from it. Yeah. And I still love you unconditionally. 
Yeah. And I really just want to make sure that we don't continue repeating these same mistakes. Yeah. Something like that. And the second thing is really like... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on just a second. Just a second. And that's, that's, gr that's great. And, and the great thing is, is that, you know, we all try to take things from our own childhood and say, and say you know, my, my parents could have done better here. My parents, you know, they were great people and all that, but they could have done better. And so we, and that's a great thing to want to be a better parent than, than, the, than the ones you've had. And, and so I admire that, Jeremy. And, and, and you know, the, the corollary of that is, you know, you're right. I mean, sometimes, you know, you had things to say to me and I didn't listen. I know I didn't listen. And a lot of times I was too busy or uh, too occupied with work. Or sometimes I just didn't want to, I, I, maybe I didn't want to hear you. You know, maybe you had something really important to say. And maybe it was something that, that had some ring of truth that about what was going on. And maybe I just didn't want to hear it. So, you know, I take that. I take that criticism. I'm so happy that that, that you can use that those you know, shortcomings to, to be a better parent yourself. And well, man, God, like, I, I, I am like looking forward to the day when you, when you will. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Cause like, when I think about, when I think about why I've pursued the path that I've pursued, why have I made these commitments to just become a little bit more aware and evolved every single day, leaning into all the discomfort pursuing all my passions, all the curiosity that I have, like going out and seeking and like putting myself in position to, to quite frankly, like fall on my face and like really like learn shit about myself. That's scary. Yeah. Right. And a big reason why I feel like I've done the level of inner work that I have, you know, the last yeah, I would say the last like six years, especially, but really like the last decade. Yeah, um, is because you know I I want to be able to be the best dad, and like I know the more work that I do on myself, I know the more that I heal my heart, the more that I, the more that I love myself, the more that I remove some of my baggage and and emotional wounds. Like I'm not gonna pass that shit on, and it's gonna be it's gonna allow me to just show up in a in a more powerful present way. And, and obviously I'm gonna make mistakes, of course, but like for me, it's, um, yeah. yeah, like really, I, I, I think that's so important. And then, so number one is like making my kids feel super safe and really seen and heard. Number two is really, really like pushing them towards their passions and like, getting them to go all in on that and like commit. So if I see early on, like, Ooh, like he loves being on stage and singing, right? Like, all right. Like we're leaning into that. Like this is, this is like, this is divine intervention. And I want him to share or his her, gifts. Or her. Exactly. Yeah. And, and channel those fully. Right. And mm -hmm. I, and I want to encourage yeah. all the way through and, and, you know, not be attached to what that thing is. If it's art, amazing. If it's music, dope. If it's sports, awesome. If it's right, like, I don't care what that thing is. Yeah. I feel like in the past, I was like, ooh, I can't wait to coach my kids in sports. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, that'll be fun. And I really just want them to do the shit they love. And I want to be able to be like that, that, 
that person, their biggest cheerleader, essentially, mm -hmm. like, like in all the, in all the loving ways and in all the tough love ways, because yeah. sometimes it's going to require tough love. Like one thing I would have probably appreciated more, like in hindsight is like, especially like when it comes to sports and stuff like that, I would have loved for you to like, really like, like pour into me with it, whether it's basketball, tennis, or even, or even just like something else, you know, like really, really like getting me in there. Even when I show that resistance, I'm, and I'm sure, again, you did the best you could. Um, and number three, you know, let me stop you there at number two. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes a very difficult balance as a parent to know how much to push, you know, and how much to back off. Mm. And, you know, really, you know, you want, you know, let's say, let's say there's an endeavor that you, that you feel your, your kid would be good at, but, you know, they have no interest in it or they don't show any interest in it. How much do you push them? You know, to, to take piano lessons, you know, wow, or, or to do whatever. And, and how much do you allow them to pursue what, what they like? Because after all, they're young. They may not appreciate their talents or what they might be good at. So it's, it's, always, it's always hard to know how much to push and how much to lay back on. And I know one of the things, one of the things that, that um, cause one of the things you, you've told me in the past is, you you know you went to a little league tryout thing and you went to little league and you did the tryouts and everything and you were good you were pretty good at it and then you came back and you said no nah, i don't want to do this and myself thinking you know i'm not going to be one of these dads that pushes their kids into little league and do that you know and um and subsequently, you've come back to me and said, Dad, why didn't you give me that push? Why didn't you tell me to go back and do another game and join the team? He said, because you would have been good at it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know what? I, I, I wish I would have. But I was so good at deep. Like, man, I was so intuitive. I know My hand-eye coordination is just like next level. You, I'm such a good, like, natural athlete. And, um, yeah, hitting was just so scary for me. Yeah, because it was just like, yeah. again, like always assuming the worst. Like I'm going to get hit. I'm going to yeah. get hit. And it was like, how yeah. can you actually get a hit if you're always focused on getting hit? Yeah. So that was something I struggled with. But but honestly, man, like it's been something I do want to like acknowledge you for again is I feel like for the first, honestly, like 28, 29 years of my life you were a pretty stubborn person. Mm. Like you were very mm -hmm. attached to your beliefs mm -hmm. as being truths. Uh -huh. And like, even it was very hard. I feel like at times to like have like healthy conversations yeah. because there would be so much tension. It's like, here's what I think. Like, here's what you think. And then you're probably thinking, well, like I've been a doctor for 40 years. Like you're just this, 20s kid like like that that you know yeah. i i had on accident right and and i think it was like i think i really saw a shift man like the last three or four years i feel like you've become more mellow and like more calm definitely probably not a coincidence since you retired <laughs> you know but i feel like yeah. i don't know if you see that shift in you i feel like 
you know, for those people watching and listening, I kind of started my, I started pursuing like my journey with fitness, nutrition, um, like seven years ago when I was 25, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I remember just trying to have conversations with you yeah. about some of those things. And I don't remember them going too well. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right, Jeremy. You're right. And, and I think that that, you know, and now that I'm now that we're talking and having this conversation, you know, and that probably it, and it wasn't probably just, hey, this is a stubborn dad. And, and I have I have all this new information about health and wellness and he's stuck in the old traditional doctor stuff. It wasn't probably just that. It was probably, you know, hey, going back to your childhood. Hey, you know, he he didn't listen a lot of the time. Mm. He didn't hear me out. Right. It mm. wasn't just an argument about the, the specifics of, you know, holistic health versus traditional health. But it was going back to childhood and saying, wow, dad, you know, that was one of the things my dad a lot of times wouldn't hear me out, wouldn't mm. let me be seen. All right, fam, I am sorry to interrupt the show one more time, but you already know. I don't have sponsors for this podcast. Really, I use this platform to just provide free value for you. That is my mission at Thrive University is just to provide you the education that we never experienced in our childhood. So I created a nutrition program that literally breaks down all of the necessary principles to optimize your gut health and your brain health through nutrition. And this course used to be $297, but I wanted to make it massively affordable and accessible for everyone. So it's now $29 for lifetime access to some of the best content I've ever created regarding nutrition. So if you're ready to take your life, your health to the next level, make sure to visit the link in the show notes to take advantage of that amazing opportunity. You were just mentioning, what was it that you mentioned? You know, about not, yeah, yeah, yeah. About, about our arguments that we it, would have. And, you know, they weren't just, our, they, I think they weren't just, and, and, you know, for me, they weren't just arguments either now that I think about it. So the, 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 on the surface, they were arguments about, well, here's the holistic view and I'm giving you, this is the scientific view, you know, the, the traditional stuff, but, and, and we sort of clashed and for you, it was going back to child. Hey, he didn't listen. And for me, it was probably going back to, hey, you know, he's too rebellious. He's mm. not respectful enough or something mm. like that. Yeah. So really, these, these, these weren't, they weren't just like discussions or arguments with two different opinions. It, they carried a lot of emotional baggage with them, too, a lot of historical stuff. Yeah. Man, it's crazy, too, because, like, you know, we're able to have this conversation now. And, yeah. you know, we have the relationship that we have now. Yeah. And... I'm really fucking grateful for that, you know, truly. And me too. And I'm also aware that there's so many people in the world yeah. who aren't able yeah. to sit down and have like a healthy, civil, fun conversation with their mother or father. Yeah. You know, and for me, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, that's heartbreaking for me. Like, and I just, I'm always about, I want to, you know, hopefully offer some value in terms of not just sharing some of our experiences, but also offering like, hey, what's something that I can do to help bridge that gap, right? And like the one word that comes up to me as cliche as it is, is compassion. 
and really understanding like, wow, this person, this human being right in front of me grew up in a complete dad. When, 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 when you were in your twenties, what year was it? Let's say I was born in 47. So when I was in my twenties, it was 67. So like, think about this, like wrap your head around this. I'm 32. My dad's 75. He grew up his twenties and thirties, like in the sixties and seventies, right? What? Like what a crazy world, what a crazy different era that we've yeah. grown up in. Yeah. So for us to think that we're gonna see the world in the same way is absolutely ridiculous. We're gonna have our own experiences based on the environment that we were put into this world in and, and the different experiences that we had. And that's all we can shape our viewpoints on. So it's going to be very challenging to have a conversation or debate or discussion with these two massively different worldviews if we don't at least first acknowledge that they're present. Like, hey, oh my gosh, like my dad grew up in this type of household, you know, with this type of parenting, yeah. with these types of insecurities, right? Like, that's why I think it's so important to actually ask questions and like be curious about your parents, be curious yeah. about yeah. your your children too, because you never really know what is going on internally for them. And now, like for me, what I try to do, and not just when it's like with you and mom, but like with my friends, my family, my clients, everyone, is like, I try to understand their worldview. How does this person see the world? Yeah. Because that's gonna help me yeah. bridge the gap and have a conversation in a less triggered, more conscious way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, Jeremy, let me, let me just go back to something you say, cause I think it's really important. You know, when you were talking about, you know, how many, you know, sons and fathers, you know, have these conversations and I just, you know, to, to all y'all out there, I have been so blessed that Jeremy is so, you know, out you know, just authentic and 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 is and reaches out to have these conversations. I never had these conversations with my with my parents. Um, and and so and here's what's really sad. Here's what's really sad is that I know so many people who have had strained, difficult relationships with their parents and Finally, they realize, as you did, that they they understand, they have compassion for their parents, the way they were, the way they grew up, their ideals, the life they've lived. And once they have that compassion and all that all that tension, all that thing that went before, if they can then go to that parent and say, wow, we had a difficult 30 years, a difficult 40 years, but I am I want to thank you now for all that annoying stuff you did what's really sad is the is the person that comes to that realization and their parents are no longer there mm. they're no longer there to hear the i'm sorry they're no longer to hear that dad mom i understand or even best of all mom dad you know i know we've had a tough relationship but i want you to know i appreciate everything you've done and i love you mm. You know, and, and those people, and I know there's so many people out there who have lost their parents at a young age and 
And, and maybe at the time they lost them, they didn't have that great relationship. It's only later that they realized how important and how inspiring and, and the good things the parents did. And they were never able to, to tell them. Hmm. And so if there's anything, you know, piece of advice out there, if you have that difficult relationship with your parents, as Jeremy said, try to look at them from through the lens of their lives. Try to have compassion. And if you can tell them, you know, mom or dad, I'm sorry, hmm. mom or dad, you know, I, I, I appreciate everything you tried to do. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. Um, with everyone, too. Like, that's why for me, you know, I just I'm always encouraging, especially like my community, you know, to to acknowledge those people around them. Like show that love and gratitude for the people in your life because oftentimes, first of all, it's going to feel so good for them to hear it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, right? gosh. And yeah. like, it's going to, you never know. Yeah. You never know yeah. what someone is going through in that particular day. Yeah. And that one compliment, that one yeah. word of affirmation, word of encouragement can yeah. completely transform the trajectory of their day and even their life. And like, yeah. We all need that. We all need it. We all need it. Like, especially I'm in a fragile state. Uh, I'm in a fragile state this last few days. Man, like getting messages from, you know, people who are on the retreat just telling me like how much they appreciated it and how like special it was. Like for me, I was like, okay, like, ah, like it feels good to receive that. And it takes a little of the load off. Um, but yeah, that that's massive. Um, yeah, that to get boy, just it. You know, it's amazing. You know, just to give someone a compliment is is such a powerful thing. You're you're right. I mean, uh, um, I I bet you, I bet most people can remember. You know, if you ask, what's the best compliment you ever got? And people, if people remember that, that you know, sometimes that compliment was like twenty years ago. 15 yeah. years ago. That's like, that's yeah. Um, well, something I, I thought would be interesting to transition to, you know, one of the things that I found to be super transformational when it comes to healing, when it comes to generational trauma, when it comes to just becoming a better version of ourselves and becoming more self-aware, becoming more conscious of the way that we're showing up in the world is psychedelics and um you know i had my first journey with ayahuasca july 2018 and i don't know if i told you kind of that first story like my first experience in peru and it was crazy man it was single-handedly the most transformational moment of my life and that's one of the reasons a huge reason why i pursued the path of like learning about mushrooms, psilocybin, like how it's working on the brain, how it can help people actually get to the root cause of their illness. And that first experience, man, I'll actually backtrack. So I was actually at home visiting. I was visiting California, my parents' home, and I was walking on our street called Enchanted Way. And um, I was two weeks away from doing this yoga teacher training that I signed up for in Costa Rica. Yeah. And... I was walking and I just got this very clear download, this clear message. Hey, 
And this is two weeks after you did the ayahuasca. No, no, oh, this is before that. Before is, you did the ayahuasca. Is, no, yeah, this is like sometime, this is sometime like, I would say March, April. Okay. 2018. Okay. March, April, 2018. Okay. Visiting my home in California, walking on the street. Two weeks away is this yoga yeah. teacher training. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, Sorry, this, let me backtrack. I apologize. I apologize. This was like June. This was the end of June. And I believe I was visiting for your birthday, actually. Yeah, yeah. So I was visiting for your birthday in June. I'm walking on our street in California. And I'm supposed to go to this yoga teacher training in Costa Rica in two weeks. I get this very clear message download on this walk. Cancel the trip. You need to go to Peru and do ayahuasca. And what's so interesting about that is something that's very commonly said in like the ayahuasca plant medicine realm yeah. is that the medicine will always call you. You don't chase the medicine. You don't search for the medicine. Huh. When the time is right, huh. you will get a call, right? So I had been doing my own research for like yeah. a few months and it was something that intrigued me. Yeah. So I get this very clear download. Hey, go to Peru. Don't go to Costa Rica. And I'm like, all right, okay. So I get back and I'm like, okay, can I get my money back from this Costa Rica thing? Um, where do I go to Peru? Like wh what center do I go to? I end up being able to get the money back. I end up finding this place that's pretty affordable in Peru that has a great reputation that's been doing it for yeah. decades. So I'm like, all right. It was middle July, 2018. And I go to Peru by myself. And um, man, that first ceremony with ayahuasca, in the middle of the ceremony, I get a tap on my shoulder and it's Nicki Minaj. Do you know who Nicki Minaj is? No. She's a very famous rapper. Okay. Okay. Now, she's not physically there with me, okay. but in my experience, okay. she taps me. Okay. And she's like, yo, Jeremy. Yeah. You are so dope. You are absolutely incredible. And I'm like, for real, Nikki? Like, <laughs> how do you even know who I am? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, in fact, I want you to come on my Instagram live for 30 minutes and just deliver any message that you want for my fans. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious right now? <laughs> so I start speaking out loud in the middle of my ceremony. It's dark. Yeah. Everyone's purging, going through their darkness. Yeah. 15 people, complete strangers. And I just start speaking out loud, channeling, right? And I have no idea what I said. I wish I had some sort of audio or video footage. I wish I had Pamela with me. Yeah. And um, anyways, that ceremony ends. Yeah. A few hours later, we're all commiserating in the kitchen, having a little soup. And like eight or nine of the people come up to me and they're like, man, those words that you said were absolutely beautiful. <laughs> like... You really, really just made my experience so much better. You really helped me like shift my perspective on such a challenging moment that was happening. Did they say what you were saying? They just, they didn't go into specifics. They were yeah. just, they, they just said how much they appreciated it. Okay. And um, I came out of that experience, man. And I was like, whoa, my voice is so powerful. Uh huh. But why haven't I been sharing it? I see. Right? I see. 
So like for 28 years, 27 years, you know, at this point I was like personal training and like doing somewhat well, you know, um, but I knew there was more, right? Like I knew there was so much more, like so much, there's so much more depth to me and so much more depth to all of this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that kind of goes back to the power of a compliment, right? Because when those people said that about what you were saying, it gave you the, the you know, validity and the, and the inspiration to, to use your voice. Yeah, it was... Power of the, the, it's, you know, the, the, the power of praise. Yeah. The power of praise. I mean, so that was my first ceremony. The second ceremony was more like purging. A lot of it was actually around Jonathan. Yeah. You know, and I felt like there's times where I was purging in the bucket and it was like for Jonathan, where I was like feeling some of his guilt, some of his shame, yeah. like in the bucket. Yeah. And at that point, at 28, I think like him and I weren't really talking that much. Yeah. You know, I kind of just accepted like, all right, you know, it's been about 15 years of like inconsistency. I'm just going to surrender to like not really having an older brother figure in my life at this point. Um, but after that experience, I remember actually calling John. It was like 2 or 3 a.m. in Peru. And I just remember like telling him, it's like, dude, honestly, bro, like, I love you. I don't care about any of this shit in the past. You know, like, like it's all love, bro. Like, seriously, yeah. you know? And um, for me, that was, that was really impactful, you know, because all of these things, all of these things, like both of the things I just mentioned were so massive. Like me not, think of my life now if I didn't speak. Yeah. Like my whole life is built around my voice and sharing my truth and in that process, empowering others to do the same, right? And if I didn't take that leap of faith and sip that ayahuasca in Peru in 2018, like who knows? Like genuinely, I have no idea. Maybe it would have happened, but much later. Right. And then after that experience happened with John, you know, him and I started to like build more of a, a, a close yeah. um, relationship. And, yeah. you know, since there's obviously been different challenges as well, but like yeah. just really grateful. So back to the point, I mean, plant medicine. And I remember, I don't even think I'd mentioned, or maybe I mentioned it to you um, the first time, but it was kind of like, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Right. It was like, yeah. You grew up in when when psilocybin, LSD, all these things were getting yeah. Schedule One bad, bad rap. You know, it's uh, you know, it's uh, tune in, turn on, and drop out. That was the that was the mantra of people that were using these these things. No, but yeah, no, I and and you know, you've uh, taught me some wisdom about these things, and you're right. I you know, I I've been looking at some of the research that you sent me, and some research that I've done on my own, and uh, there seems. There seems to be a, you know, or, or maybe even, a, I mean, an important place for this. And maybe who knows what down the road will happen. Um, yeah, you know, and this is something that um, that every parent will, will, will tell you. I mean, just getting back to the parent stuff, you know, is as a parent, it, and, you know, and I know that Jonathan's had a lot of difficulty and it's and, and he, I know that he's hurt you a, a lot. And believe me, Jonathan feels very ashamed of of of, you know, of of who he's been in, in relation to to your life. But I'm you know, and I've told you this, Jeremy, I, I just keep 
keep open with Jonathan because as a parent, what you want is is you would rather that your parents hate that your children hate you and love their brothers and sisters than than you know than than love you and and hate their brothers and sisters. You know, mm. it's so important. You as a parent, you want because you're not going to be here forever as a parent, and you want your children to be able to rely on each other to have them as something a special bond and. So that's why we, you know, we we hope that things will improve and, you know, deepen between you and Jonathan down the road. And, you know, I know that it's been, I can't, you know, I know it's been tough. I mean, I can't imagine how tough it's been on you as well, you know. I, I, I pray, I pray for the family. I pray for you. I pray for mom. You know, you guys have been... Yeah. absolutely incredible you know in the way that you show up and you know i'm just very grateful except for red robin it's uh, been pretty good <laughs> yeah yeah no I, no but like yeah it's in one of the things i hope you know i know this has been like just more of like a conversation with my dad and myself you know but um something that i hope people can take away from listening to this watching this whatever is go deeper, like go deeper to some of the stories and narratives that you're currently telling yourself about loved ones, about your relationship dynamic with them. And like oftentimes, I feel like just expressing yourself openly and authentically can remove so much of the tension. Like, you know, this trip, the last three or four days, you know, hasn't been the trip that I would have liked personally to show up with myself. I would have liked to have been more present. Like I would have liked to have done more things with you guys. And I also realize, you know, we might look back at this like six months, 12 months down the road and be like, you know what, man, I saw a different part of you. Yeah, those three or four days, and I feel like I feel like because you were so open and vulnerable, like maybe it actually made our relationship better and stronger. You know. You know, and that's that's I think that's so true, Jeremy. Like if you know, you said, "Gee, you know, you, gee, I'm sorry we didn't weren't able to do stuff, go out to different restaurants, all this stuff." You know what? That'd have been nice, but honestly, you know, in in these these have been dark days for you, and it has. And it, and it has brought us, you know, into this conversation here today that we would have never had. And yeah. it's and I've found out things really today that I didn't know. And you probably found out things that maybe you didn't know. So, man, it just goes to show that, you know, everything and everything in life is a blessing and a curse. You know, it, it, it depends on, you know, what's that song? Uh What's that song uh, by Kenny Rice? The game, you know, he says, "Every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser." You know, it just depends on how you're going to play that hand and how you're going to perceive that. And, mm. and you know, we we've, we've played this hand here with your dark, you know, period of times, and it for 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 me, it's been a winning hand. Mm. It's been a winning hand. Thanks, buddy. And uh, I'm. Uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, 
it's that's that's what matters. It's been a lot. It's yeah. been a lot, and yeah. um, you know, uh, I told you, like I told you, you know, a couple hours ago, before doing this, I I was like, it's like God, man, are you down to do a podcast, man? Like, yeah, like. And not not like to do a podcast, but it was more so for me to just openly just share some of the things that I wanted to share with you. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, if there's a camera here, like, it's going to hopefully help at least one person. Like, really, that's all I give a shit about. It's like, hopefully, you know, think about me, what you want. You know, say what you want. That doesn't matter. Like, hopefully, you have a little respect for just the way we've had this conversation and hopefully it's helped bring something to your life or remove something from your life. Like that's really all I wanted. And, you know, it reminds me like this question I asked you earlier. <laughs> I, I asked my dad, there's these conversation cards and um, I was just handing them, you know, I was in the bed earlier and I was, I was like, I couldn't really talk and I was just handing my dad these cards and having him tell me his answers and you know this card says when it gets too dark what helps you find the light and um for me I told you like this 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 conversation man and like just being able to talk about it because for so long I wouldn't have been able to talk about it I would have just held it in you know and just like being able to do this with you really it really just means a lot to me and um there's still pain and they're gonna continue to be that but like this for me is medicine you know and and this um this really for me is like everything i could have asked for so um yeah so when it all gets too dark what helps you find the light and for me it was like creating communicating conversations journaling i've spent a lot of time lately like sitting with myself and no sounds no music nothing like i don't want to distract myself you know i don't want to distract myself from the way i feel i want to feel it embrace it and um grow from it so uh yeah i thought it'd be fun to ask you a couple of these questions that i haven't asked you uh oh um okay. is that cool okay okay you're gonna ask me one you're gonna ask me ones that you know that i didn't answer yes because if i can remember the ones i answered I, <laughs> it would help but <laughs> no this is okay straight from the heart man okay Ooh, I'm interested to know this one. All right. What are, I'll say, what is the failure that you cherish the most? Oh, wow. The, you know, the thing is, is every, every failure should be cherished. If, if you don't cherish your, your failures, you are not going to grow as a person. Uh. Because, you know, here's, here's the thing, is we think, 
we think that that like this is us right here and we can have a path we can choose this this is from a book i read i think so you can choose failure or you can choose success and we think that's the paradigm you know i'm here here's failure here's success i get to choose it doesn't work like that really because i think the way it works is here's me here's failure and here's success so to get to success you've got to get through failure and that is, I mean, that is so key because, I mean, it can be key because you've got to learn from your, you've got to learn from your failures. And that's, if you think, Jeremy, if you think, um, think about a time when you failed, right? You're trying to turn it around on me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. It's, <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, but, but think about a time when you failed, a period when you failed. If at that, and, and this is for people, you know, in the audience too, that, that are listening to this. If you think of a time when you failed, what if you had succeeded instead of failed at that certain point? Mm. Would you have been a better person or you or are you a better person now because you failed mm. and then got to success? Mm. That's um, but sometimes those uh, those lessons are hard to learn. So it's hard to going learn. back to the question, oh, what is gotta... the failure that you <laughs> cherish the most? What is the. What is the one failure that comes to mind that you cherish the most? Um, gosh, you know, I, I, um, you know, I mean, my first thoughts are going back to my, to my medical career and, you know, because, you know, you, because you do things wrong and, you know, uh, sometimes you're, you know, and so, and so when you do something wrong, you make a wrong diagnosis or you don't pay attention to a sign or something or an examination. And then, um, you know, and, and a patient can be hurt. And, and so you have to be able to say, you have to be able to, to, to say, man, this is where I screwed up. Is there one tie go that, that resonates with you? Cause you're being very yeah, vague, right? I know I am being very, very vague. I mean, I don't, I don't know that, the specifics of a um, uh, of a particular medical situations would would you know be a you know would be appropriate. Uh, people I don't think would get the technical things about them, but um, I I am being I am being kind of vague. Um, I mean, because my mind is just okay. focused on the medical right now. Okay, so and, and, and one thing, one failure, man. Come on, and the. Uh, Okay, you know this uh, guy. Come on, just one yeah. failure that that you that stands out that actually taught you a huge lesson. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't gotta complicate it. Yeah, yeah. I was. Um, well, I'll tell you this. I, so I I was a physician for forty years, and for about twenty five years, I was involved in the commute, Kaiser's communication project. So we were teaching. I guess what you would call bedside manners to other doctors. And I, I took the course and I thought it was such a great thing that I studied it and I began teaching it to other, other people. And so in the training, we would have these situations where we would have these situations where uh, we would have actors portray patients and they would have a problem and you'd be videotaped and you would be the doctor and you know, you'd exactly, and you'd, take the history and you'd, you would do the interaction and it would be videotaped. Then you'd go over the videotape with and watch it yourself. And when I 
I, and and so I I thought I was a real hot shot, and I did this uh, I did this interview with this actor, and I thought, man, I was so great. I was really a great doctor. I had all this bedside manner stuff. I had it down. I was really got it right. And then when I looked at the tape, it was it was horrifying, because what I was doing that and what I was doing was. I was doing all the talking, a lot of explaining. I mean, it was great stuff. I was explaining stuff great and gave a lot of scientific knowledge and all that. But I wasn't, I, I, I didn't stop and listen hmm. to this person. I was doing all the talking. 90% of the interview was me talking. Hmm. And I realized that it's really that, that the communication is, is about listening. Hmm. It's the power of listening. Hmm. And I, I learned uh, I learned just by watching myself in action. I thought, you know, there's a there's a great saying. It's in, I think it's by George Bernard Shaw. He says the 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 um, biggest illusion, no, the the biggest problem with communication, the biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it took place. Hmm. The biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it took place, and that's what it was. And I, that changed my whole career. Because I was in this mode of, you know, explaining stuff, finding it, fixing it, explaining it. I thought I was doing great. But I realized, you know, that wasn't that that was that communication was an illusion. Half mm. the time they didn't even understand what I was saying. Mm. So That's... that taught me a great lesson that it's a it's about listening. I feel like a lot of people are probably listening to that and they're like, Yeah, there's been many times where I was in a doctor's office yeah. and did not feel heard. Yeah. I did not feel like I was yeah. being listened to. Yeah. There's not real communication going on. Yeah. You know, and I mean, let's be honest, right? That's kind of one of the broken parts of the Western medicine Western medicine system is like the average appointment time with a patient and a doctor is eight to eleven minutes. So as a doctor, like how much time do you actually really have to connect with a patient? Yeah, well, that, see, the, the, that's, the, that's the secret of this communication because if you do it right, 8 to 11 minutes is all you need. But if you, if you had a 50-minute appointment, believe me, these doctors and, and myself included in the, in the old days, we would have spent 45 minutes explaining stuff. Mm. So it wouldn't have mattered. It's, all, it's, it's, the, it's understanding that, that, that the communication is about listening and asking the right questions. Mm. Curious to know, like, let's say, you know, you're graduating college now, yeah. right? Knowing what you do now, yeah. knowing what you know now, but it's 2023. It's 2023. So yeah. like, you're not growing up again back in your time, but you're growing up now. Knowing everything you know now, the current climate of everything. Yeah. Do you go to medical school again? Do you go to medical school again? Or like, you've seen kind of some of the stuff I've done right? Like I'm helping people significantly with their health, with their life, with everything yeah. like, and, um, arguably doing so in a more holistic way yeah. with less student debt. Do you become a doctor again? Boy, that's a good question, Jeremy, you know, because I really did, I really did have a, a, a very rewarding career. I really liked what I was doing and, you know, it, and it, and it did have its rewards. Um, medicine. So I, 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 I'm, I never, I really didn't have that. When doctors talk about burnout now, I, I didn't really experience that. There were a lot of tough days and times, but 
I always look forward to going work on a, on a on a Monday, and I wasn't especially depressed on a or ex- excited on a Friday. Mm. So, um, I really had a good career. But now the I do think that's your. But but to answer your question, yeah, number one, I would have paid a lot more attention to holistic medicine, to the to the role of vitamins and herbs and all of this stuff because I mushrooms. Mushrooms too, yeah, mushrooms too. Because you know the traditional doctor, you know, really, and I can tell you when I was there, you know, we would kind of look down upon all this stuff. Oh, okay, uh, you know, someone come in. I'm taking this herb. I'm taking this. Herb. Okay, all right, go ahead, take it. But you know, really, you really need to take your medicine. You know, so I, I, uh, I, I would have been much more attuned to to looking into these things and how they did it. As a matter of fact, I'm taking um, I'm taking ginger root now and. I, I, um, honestly, you know, I'm 75 and as people get older, we have prostate problems and old guys have to go to the bathroom, you know, have to pee about four or five times a night. And I really was thinking about having surgery done and I've been taking ginger root and, uh, man, it's, it's like a miracle drug. I'm like getting up once or twice a night, really? which is great How for me about six months. And you take it in tea or no 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 just a pill ginger really? ginger root yeah that's man I, I can't believe it it's it's like I, I I never realized so so I would do that but just just another thing man it's it's I, it's so tough to be a doctor today I mean it's so it's so controlled and regimented and you know you you know you it, it's almost it's almost like um you know artificial intelligence could do a better job. All right, so if you are still listening and watching until the end, thank you, thank you, thank you. That was literally one of the most challenging, healing, and powerful conversations I've ever had in my life. And it happened to be with the person that I love most, which is my dad. So thank you so much for being part of that experience. And again, if you enjoyed it, let me know. Leave a review on iTunes, wherever you listen to the show. Make sure to continue following because I'm going to continue putting out amazing content, amazing conversations. And thank you again for being here. I love you so much.